0: Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 68, and I am beyond excited to share with you an interview with one of possibly my favorite musician on this planet, John Mark McMillan, uh, all about his his new album Peopled with Dreams, that comes out uh, in two days' time, February 14th, Valentine's Day. So uh, I'm actually right now in the midst of a comedy tour that I've been road managing, Uh, And so I got a couple of days at home, I've been all over Ontario, and then then tomorrow I fly out to BC, so I'm kind of all over the place here, but I was really excited to get a little bit of time at home, hang out with my family, and edit this for you. John Mark's new album comes out in two days' time, you're going to love it, I've listened to the singles, it's amazing, and we had a really fun conversation all about life and death and gods, and the god who enters into our pain with us, so... Uh, yeah and thank you so much for the feedback on the interview with Danielle Strickland from last week that's amazing if you uh, if you are a human being go and listen to that interview after you're done with this one cool all right awesome Here, let's do it Again, thank you. I feel super, super pumped. I, man, my friends have been saying, oh, you know, you're interviewing John Mark. That's super cool. How do you feel about it? And I'm like, I'm really nervous that I'm going to sit here and fanboy the entire time.
1: Ah, Ah, that's all right. So these new singles that you've (laughs) dropped
0: are awesome. I am loving them. Uh, Thank you. I don't know if I have a favorite. They're all different, right? Like, they all cover kind of a different spectrum. Uh, Yep. Are, are any of them like more indicative of what's on the album or, or, or is it kind of like a mix?
1: It is a little bit of a mix. Yeah. I don't know that one, I, I do think the road, the rocks and the weeds, um, is more chill than pretty much everything else that's on the record. Uh, and so maybe something about backtrack, I feel like juggernaut is a little and Bright abyss are a little bit more of what's on the record, Got it. you know, but honestly it is a bit of a mix. And each song is fairly unique. Mm -hmm. it's a much more upbeat record um but there are still those sort of like uh moody singer-songwriter songs as well it's just probably you know the greater uh fraction of them are a little more upbeat you know
0: yeah that's cool so uh i want i want to hear you talk all about it but i'll tell you for me juggernaut like juggernaut is like it's rocking me right now. It's like (laughs) life, life is an unstoppable force. Yeah. Like that's, what's Mm -hmm. hitting me in the face. Like the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, it's not quitting. And yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if we're just drinking from the same pond, but I feel like that's super relevant to my life at the present time. The good, the bad, (laughs) and the ugly, the mysteries, the wonder, the great Mm -hmm. news, the really troubling news but it's yeah. all part of this gift.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Where's that come from?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I actually, I, I sort of had this little epiphany. I was, I get, uh, seasonal allergies really bad. And for a singer and a songwriter, like to not be able to use your voice is insanely frustrating, you know? Mm. And so I'm writing and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about what I'm working on. and, It's uh, a couple, maybe last spring or the previous spring. I can't remember. It's in the last couple of years. Uh, The door was open and the birds were singing. And I was like, ah, this is exciting. It's spring. And then I started to feel this thing come on me. (laughs) I was like, oh, I just wish I could stop the spring. I wish I could stop the whole deal. Wintertime is awesome for me because I don't get allergies in the winter. In the spring and the fall, though, I get bad allergies and even throughout the summer. Uh. So... Yeah. But the spring especially. Right. And I thought I I would love to stop. And I realized like it's not going to stop. And for that in that moment, I realized that, wow, life is unstoppable. It's not always what I want it to be, Mm. you know, and, you know, but life itself seems to be unstoppable. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, like when I mean, I'm not a scientist, you know, so it's really just my personal perspective. But when you look at the universe as a whole, life seems less likely than not. Right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. It seems, you know, it seems precarious. less likely than not. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's here, like it's actually happening and it continues. We continue, you know. And so to me, that sort of speaks to the testament of life itself. The fact that life is winning, you know, Jurassic Park, life will find a way. Yes. And so this started to like, it started to make me think that like, because I mean, and, and, and to me, like as a believer, say, so, yeah, life is winning. That's an easy thing to say because someone told me to say it because I read it in a book. You know, but it's another thing to sit there and be like, wow, I actually think I might actually believe what I believe, Mm. you know, like maybe it actually life is actually winning. And it's not just a thing to say to get me pumped or not just a thing to use to talk about the afterlife. Maybe like this, maybe it is winning, you know. And so that's kind of juggernaut is all about just that idea that maybe life is the unstoppable force, because, you know, as a delving into existentialism and. It's seeing the world, you know, from a different point of view is more complex point of view as I get older, you know, like it's very tempting to see death as the final, you know, it's sort of like everything seems to end there, you know, and there are times in my life when it was a struggle to believe that there was anything more to it than just sort of this spark. And then we cascade off into the oblivion, you know, (laughs) um. And it's like, okay, I don't believe that because I'm a believer. At least I'm saying that. And I'm telling that to myself. But then there are those moments where you're like, wait a second. This might be right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's right. And I might not be right in the way I'm right. But something in this is right. You know? And so um, it was just one of those moments for me. And uh, the juggernaut is like, like, oh, life is maybe actually winning. Maybe life is conquering death. Maybe mm-hmm. life is the thing at the end and not the oblivion, you know, or maybe life is the oblivion,
0: you know, Mm -hmm. life is
1: the thing that's all consuming. Or maybe we've just drawn these two different ideas that life and death are these two different things. Now people may have a problem with that, you know, and so spiritually speaking, you know, that's a little bit difficult, but when you look at the world, it's sort of a life dies, it goes into the ground, it gives life to a new thing. The cow eats the grass, we eat the cow, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We <laughs> sure. plant the seeds that grow new grass. We die. We go. We fertilize the grass. The grass gets eaten by a wild boar. Someone kills the wild boar. They eat it. It's sort of like life just continues in this way, you know, and and, and, if, I, and if I understand Scripture correctly, it's sort of like the things we see speak of the things we don't see. Right. Mm. The visible speaks of the invisible. Yes. You know. And so it was like, ah, that's not really hard for me to believe anymore. It's not hard, you know, like it doesn't mean I'm right about everything, but it's sort of like, okay, cool. You know, Um, I can totally believe that life wins and that God is behind that, you know. Um, Yeah. All because of allergies.
0: (laughs) My allergies were so bad last May. I only really get them in May. Yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly what it is that's flowering here in mm. southern Ontario at that time period, but yeah, I, yeah, I get, I feel you. I feel like death and oblivion are kind of like recurring words or, or themes in, in a bunch of your music. Yeah, I feel like I hear that line, oblivion, especially like at least mm-hmm. once per album. I could, I haven't actually done uh, a, a recent listen to count that, but uh,
1: I, I think I only use the word oblivion on this record okay but I have used other words yeah yeah right. no no. That's, I, I mean I think I was a weird kid like I remember you know like I used to I was the kid like on the grocery cart with my mom pushing around thinking like there is definitely another kid on a grocery cart somewhere else in the universe doing this exact thing you know and I, <laughs> I remember thinking at the same time like everything that could happen definitely has happened the universe is so big that everything I think of has definitely happened somewhere or will happen or is happening, you know? And then at the same time, I used to be that kid who's like, what happens when I die? I won't be able to take my toys with me. Will will we be friends? Will I be able to think after I die? Like what happened? Like that's the kind of stuff that really messed with me as a kid. And, you know, and um, I don't know that that's like super entertaining. I've learned people would rather sing about relationships, which is not entirely unrelated if you really want to get down to it I agree but um for me like, you know there's a lot of oblivion in relationships too
0: I went Maybe to I see Paul young to... I went to hear paul you know Paul young uh author of the Shack talk yep. on Friday night and he mm-hmm. said i love I prefer I prefer being uh invited to speak at funerals rather than weddings because there's a lot more certainty at funerals <laughs> I was just like
1: Oh snap! I <laughs> know, uh, I know. Well, we think. <laughs> well, yeah, that's
0: a good question. That's
1: we do good. think. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like I was that kid always thinking about the existential kind of things, and I didn't realize that was weird until I started making music about it. And people are like, "Why? Are, what are you talking about?" You know, <laughs> I was like, "Well, you guys don't think about this." Like, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing guaranteed in life is that you will die. Like, that's the one guarantee. Maybe there will be a generation that doesn't die. Like, maybe technology will get so far ahead of ourselves. But we're a long way from that. Yes. I don't even know if that's going to count as real life. As much as just sort of morph into, like, robots. and They're just going to take our information. I'm not convinced Altered that carbon. information and <laughs> life are the same thing. That's good. Right. But, but anyway, uh, it's like the one thing in life that is for sure is that we're all going to die. And I don't, I don't know why most people don't think about it more. Like, I, I think about it every day. And not in a morbid way. I just since I was a kid, I was like, "That's a thing to think about because it's definitely going to happen." We're really good at avoiding the conversation, and we've gotten a little better at avoiding actually dying. You know, like sure, people sure. live longer now than they did a hundred hundred years ago. Yeah, but not much more. You know, and so I, you know, I guess people don't want to talk about that all the time. I've discovered, or they want to talk about it in Christian circles in very certain terms, but they really still just want to avoid that conversation. Um, I don't know why I've never been able to just totally avoid that conversation. It's always been part of my music as I think it's just part of me, hmm. you know, but see, I think I like it. Oh man. I mean, it's not morbid. It's sort yeah. of like, Hey, look, look at your life. You're here now. Like, that's great. And I think that's more of how the conversation is shifting for me. Instead of talking about dying all the time, let's talk about like how great it is to be alive right now. Or, how what the odds are against you being alive right now, like the odds are way against you being alive at all. First of all, you look in outer space, you get a click away from the earth, you are gone. (laughs) The universe is going to destroy you immediately. You just get one click away from earth. As far as we can tell, there's nowhere else in the universe like it. There probably is, but even at that, but even if there is, it's really, really rare. Mm. You probably can't go anywhere else. So, in the entire universe, as big as the universe is, you can only be in this, on this speck of dust. If you move even a hair away, you're gone. You're absolutely gone, right? But where, but you're here. You happen to be in the only place in the universe where you could exist. You happen to be here. Your particles happen to have landed here, yes. right? You happen to be here. So that's pretty amazing. Number two is most people who have ever lived are already dead. Yes, right, right? of course they already did but you're not you're alive you know it's like these two basic facts no one wants to talk about these things but they're like the two most incredible things that you mm-hmm. could ever think about you know and this just gives me this makes me so grateful you know is that like what you and I are doing right here is not happening anywhere else in the universe regardless of what i thought about mm-hmm. on the you know when my mom was pushing me on the buggy i mean i don't know some people have theories you know, about like different Earths and that kind of, thing. you know, you sure, know, sure, what sure. do they call that? Multiverse, all that kind of multiverse. Yeah, yeah. There's some serious thinkers who believe that basically there's a limited number of ways things can happen. And so if yeah. the universe is infinite, then all of them will. But, you Every know, but even spawns then,
0: another. Yeah, 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 totally.
1: Even then, like what you and I are doing is insanely rare and. And to and and what breaks my heart more than almost anything is that people will live their entire lives and not realize how rare that is, not Mm. realize how unbelievably privileged they are to exist at all and how so many people take no advantage of being alive. They spend their entire lives wishing they were alive in a different way or a little longer Or a little healthier, a little stronger, a little better looking or with better looking people, you know, like they spend most of their lives like thinking about what they don't have when they're actually their bucket is insanely full, you know. And this isn't, you know, like and some, uh, I guess a lot of Christians get frustrated with this conversation. I guess it depends on the stream because they like they want to have the heaven conversation immediately. And that's fine. But, you know. And that's really up to Jesus. That's up to God. Whatever that's going to be like, that part of it's not really up to me. But either way, once you leave, like this is it. You get this experience like once. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Like even even the scripture
0: um, of like life, life. Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. I had I had always interpreted that. I I'd never been taught that. I just I just read it. And I believed it was about this life right now that like it's allowed to be really full and really free and really like abundant. And, and a bunch of guys were like, Oh no, no, no. That's like, I remember on an internet forum, like 12 years ago, people were like, no, that's definitely not what it means. But I was like, huh, really? Like that the only life Jesus came to give me is after I die. Okay.
1: Yeah, I I know. That's really confusing to me. Like (laughs) that part of it's really confusing. And like when you read Jesus, like, 80 or 90 percent of what he talks about is for right now Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know it's like he he actually talks about heaven and the afterlife like almost just very very little and we've created entire streams entire theologies entire movements based around the like the teeny little shard of what jesus has to say about the afterlife you know and we i guess i guess because you know like it's if we focus on that we don't have to focus on right now but I, I've always inter- interpreted it as the more abundant life is realizing exactly how beautiful the life you live is right now, mm. you know. Um, but, and I mean, I'm I'm counting on the afterlife, but I have zero control <laughs> over <laughs> what that's going to be like, you know. Do you have a pet
0: theory on what happens exactly at the moment of your death? Like, I chewed over this with a friend the other day, right? And it's like, okay, well, I think that the the world that I've grown up in is like, oh yeah, you're whisked yep. off to be with Jesus forever. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I find scant evidence. Well, I mean, Jesus says okay, you'll be with me in paradise today, maybe okay. But but then there's that wacky story in Samuel about Saul going to see a medium and calling up Samuel from the grave and and it seems mm-hmm. to be Samuel. <laughs> it's like so I where do you go with
1: like what yeah. happens
0: immediately after?
1: I have like five, so I have five or six thoughts it. about that. So they may be all wrong and 90% of them may be heresy. So <laughs> I'm just gonna throw them out there, but they're things I do think about. So let me start by saying this, like I've decided I'm, I trust Jesus with my afterlife. And I feel like as a Christian, that's all, if you wanna, if you wanna go by the most fundamentalist view of heaven and hell and the afterlife, all you really have to do is trust Jesus, you know? And so I'm like, all right, I'm fine. (laughs) I've got that covered. I'm trusting Jesus. Well, if if everything else I believe is total, you know, crap, like I'm trusting Jesus. And, uh, you know, so, you know, (laughs) I don't have to worry about that other stuff. Yes. You know, but okay, with that being said, um, I have a bunch of different ideas. So here's one. One is that the... Consciousness is projected into your body the way information is projected into your phone, Mm. you know? And so your body is like hardware and and somehow consciousness is like the app that's in the cloud Mm. that you tap into. And when your body dies, it's like your phone dying. It's like your consciousness is still somehow in the cloud uh, in another location, you know? um that's not i mean obviously these are really really like primitive compared to whatever it really is these are super primitive ideas and language you can oh, only for compare sure, things for sure you no know. okay so that's number one number two is this is that um the thing that makes up you is in your dna right and apparently every molecule of your body knows who you are mm-hmm. you know it's what you are you know and you can clone you from And apparently I'm guessing maybe that'd be another person. I don't know that your consciousness is as far as your memory and that type of thing, but maybe consciousness and memory and who you are and what you know and remember are different things. They may not be the same thing. I don't know. You know, like one is sort of your like operating system. That's maybe who you are. And then you have all this memory and it's like your phone dies and you lose everything that's on your phone, but the operating system you upload it again. I don't know, but maybe like, and I'm not a scientist, so people may like totally just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I could see this, like, ev- you know, everyone dies. It talks about the resurrection, you know. And I see more scriptures about the resurrection and sleeping and being resurrected than like right. you die and you're immediately your consciousness is in like a throne room, you know, this medieval throne room. Because I guess God decided medieval <laughs> imagery was like where he wanted to lock in, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs>
0: exactly. Things were things were okay, things were okay, things were okay. Then suddenly things are perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, you know, what if we, we die and then in um, a million years, artificial intelligence wants to know what we're like. And so mm. artificial intelligence does like Jurassic Park vibes and digs us up and rediscovers the consciousness of all mankind through the DNA that they find, and they resurrect every person scientifically, and then we live forever.
0: That would be an awesome you know? film. Like like a straight-up like straight disaster <laughs> yeah. film, right? Like, oh, let's yeah. raise the humans back. Oh, but we're missing some of their DNA. We'll mix in a little bit of this, like we yeah. did the frogs, and all of a sudden yeah. we created
1: a monster. <laughs> yeah, and if Jesus lives in our hearts, maybe the resurrection of all people, the culmination is like... You know the perfect culmination of all people are made the image of God, and maybe sort of God is manifest once again through people through technology. Which people, I love how people like to take technology and be like that's not from God. You're
0: right, technology right,
1: isn't right. from God. Oh, but the Bible <laughs> was written with technology, like pen and pencil is technology. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Language <laughs> is technology because it's a it's a constructed thing. You know. And so maybe God uses AI to resurrect all of mankind. And, you know, so uh, that would be sort of a sci-fi universalist idea of (laughs) what happens. You know, I'm sure all my ideas are so incredibly wrong, but they're really fascinating to think about.
0: Well, Arthur C. Clarke says, right, like that if you do try to predict the future, then you're going to you're going to end up between two impossible positions. One like yeah. if you're too conservative like it, basically the future is so different from what any of us can conceive of we're always going to yeah. be we're always going to be too conservative on the other hand yeah. if we do predict wildly everybody will simply say that's insane so exactly. the, the futurist never wins how much more so the death philosopher futurist
1: <laughs> i know exactly i'm i'm screwed both ways <laughs> i'm done you know totally my other idea is um Oh, man, what was my other? My other idea is what if God has fragmented his consciousness and placed it in all people? And we're individually we're experiencing the world as a fraction of God, as a piece of God. When we die, our experiences go back into God. And God has fully experienced the world through every single individual. And that sounds crazy, but... I've always wondered if God's all powerful he's got to feel all the feelings of everyone who ever felt you know so he's got all the power but also he 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 takes on all the pain yeah. and to me that's a that's a very Jesus like picture of God taking on all the pain You know, so obviously I can't be totally right just because my language and experience is not anywhere close. But that's a That's an interesting idea for me. I really like the idea of all people being some sort of and then heaven and hell would be, you know, hell would be I give up so much of the God part of me that there's no God left in me. And I'm essentially dead at that point because I've given up everything that's good and wonderful and I'm only You know, I'm only the phone, all the information, the operating system is gone. I'm just the shadow of who, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just the leaky shadow and I've let all the God in me go and that somehow found its way back to God. But what's left is, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe that's it. And then the heaven side is I've learned to love what's good, you know, and then I've Move on to be back in the consciousness of God, and we all get to think together. I don't know. That's fun. it's fun to think. about. I love about. that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm glad I get to talk to you about this because so many people like if I start talking this, they're like, "Whoa, um, that's making me uncomfortable." I'm like, "Hey, we're just theorizing here." I'm like, <laughs> I'm, no, we. So I'm not I, writing theology. <laughs> no, I'm, I love it. I love
0: it. I'm super glad. I, I was chatting about about this whole death thing with it with a buddy of mine just the other day and then and then our connect group all turned up and one of them was as a girl who's there brand new for the first time and we're deep in this discussion on on death and and what's going on and she's kind of sitting there a little bit like whoa where did i come and i'm like don't worry we don't do this all the time But uh, that last theory is fun there's that henry now well they're all fun there's that uh now yeah. and now quote about how the only authority god claims for himself is the authority of compassion mm-hmm. Which is basically wow. like, I get the right to say that everything mm. that happens hurts me. And mm. that is the only authority that God like arbitrarily claims. Uh, yeah. And something mm. about that is devastating and beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's what I'm hearing in the rock, the roads, and the mm. weeds. I'm, yeah. I'm driving to church Sunday mm. night and I'm just, cr- I'm, I'm crying, man. I'm sitting there <laughs> and I'm just like, the God who pours himself out. And then,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then invites us to do likewise.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Like,
0: oh, yes.
1: Well, there is. I want to talk about that song for sure. But just to let you know, when the record comes out, the last song is called "Ancient and Brave," and it's about that specifically. Mm. About about God experiencing the pain of all mankind, but that oh. that it does. The road the rocks from the weeds does hint to that. It does hint to that for sure, and I think I was thinking about this idea that. You know a lot of things happen in Jesus, and you see these benchmarks throughout history, you know, um, throughout civilization. And, you know, there are—I've heard there are um, other—very few, but there are other gods who have died and were sacrificed. I think there's a Norse god who actually died on a tree, you know. But generally speaking, though, gods are never like that. Up until Jesus, they're all otherworldly untouchable to please them you have to sacrifice, you have to give. It would be very common in the ancient world, as you know, um, to sacrifice a child. Things got bad enough. Yeah. You know, um, to sacrifice you know, you sacrifice food, you sacrifice animals, you sacrifice things that mean something to you. You know, for the gods, crops are failing. Uh, the rain is bad. There's another civilization or another village who's rising up against you is more powerful. You know, you need to get in touch with the gods. You would you would give something. And so this was the thought. This was the concept of the gods from, you know, from way back as far as I can tell. And then Jesus comes and then this god sacrifices to you. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a entire role reversal. Yes. An entire role reversal. Like in the Bible— for sure, you know, with the people of God, for sure, but civilization as a whole and our very way of thinking about God and the gods and the powers that are outside of us—all of a sudden, this God shares in um, the issues of of mankind. Mm. You know, the total role reversal—he sacrifices to you, and he says, not that he says we are the gods, but he says, here, your future is up to you all of a sudden god is saying you look you look to me for your future and all of a sudden i'm telling you that your future maybe not perfectly so but your future is in the power of your hands i'm handing power or establishing or even just revealing that like all along your future has been somewhat in your hands you know
0: Oh man, I don't even like want to take a break from this podcast, but I do just quickly want to say thank you to my Patreon supporters who uh, make this show possible. Thank you to every one of you who gives every month. Thank you as well to everyone who prays for me and who uh, shares content on social media. As I mentioned, I'm on this comedy tour and just the other night uh, I bumped into a fan. She came up and, you know, in the comedy tour I'm producing, I'm, I'm not in a public sphere, but, um... But somebody recognized me, and they came up and said hi, and it was awesome. And so thank you, Lindy, for coming and saying hi. That was really special for me. Anyway, uh, make sure you go and 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 buy or listen or stream to John Mark McMillan's brand new album. Comes out in a couple of days. The singles are already out right now. Uh, you can also get. He often puts out stuff on vinyl, so you can get special edition stuff. Go and do that. And if you'd like to. Join me on the work that I'm doing here on this show. You can go to patreon.com slash Jonathan Puddle and support me for as little as $3 a month. Thank you so much.
1: Oh Genesis you're willing to take on I mean, let us, responsibility. Let us
0: make mankind in our image in our Im- to yeah. be like us. <laughs> like exactly. it's, it's, it's like as if, if in our image wasn't clear enough. He's like, yeah. let's, you know, <laughs> let's create mankind in our image, but only ever to feel like yeah. dirty slaves. No, to be <laughs> like us.
1: Yes. Well, I like what I, I like what um, are you familiar with Jordan B. Peterson.
0: Yes. Controversially, indeed, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like what he
1: said about, um, you know, the let us make man in our image. And the whole idea is that man is the only animal, mankind, women, women more so than men, probably. They're actually probably better at this, but that we're the only animal that can perceive the future. Or we know, like, I can sacrifice now for tomorrow. Sure. As the squirrel buries the nut because he's a squirrel, you know. And he goes, but he doesn't think, like, I'm going to bury this nut because I'm going to be, I'm going to have the most nuts of anyone in the come wintertime. It's just what the squirrel does is we uh, actually can think like I can sacrifice today and my Ah, next year, next 10 years, the future, you know, and this is in a sense, this is kind of how sin entered the world, because once you realize that there is a future, that a future is a thing, then you realize that, oh, your actions matter. What you do now is in the future and you cannot unlearn. You cannot unknow because as children, you know, when you don't understand that there's a future, you know, like sin isn't a thing necessarily. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that they're they avoid the. I mean, you know, if if they walk into traffic and get hit by a car, they get hit by a car. But it's not on them; it's on the parents, right? They still suffer the. Um, the consequences are real, but the consequences. But they're you know, but still, it's you know, but once you realize, oh. Action A leads here, action B leads here. There's no unknowing that. And that's in a sense where sin enters the world, because you have you realize that you have choices and you have good choices and better choices, you have bad choices and worse choices. You know. And I really I, I enjoy that take a little bit, at least practically speaking, I kind of enjoy that take on being made in the image of God. God realizes there is a future, and if I do something, it has a consequence. I create something, I speak. And light is created you know mm. uh, and so we as humans you know uh, you know we have similar characteristics you know we speak we say things and things happen we're talking now and people are gonna hear it you know like we have enough conversations and maybe a lot of people will hear it and you can sell products like you know Joe Rogan or something I don't know <laughs> but yes. whatever
0: not one day to do that. But- <laughs>
1: There is power in speech. You know, we yeah. say things, people hear it. If we say it the right way long enough, enough of the right people hear it and we have influence, you know, you know. And, and so we're other animals don't have that. I don't think, mm. you know, maybe I just bunny trailed.
0: No, I love it. But mm. OK, so Greek gods and and all these other mythologies yeah. and Jesus totally turns it around. So Mercury yeah. and Lightning, that album had a ton of talk about Greek and Roman gods. Yeah, it It did. I I loved it. I mean, to me, that's power, purpose, destiny. Yeah. All that wrestling with, like, I mean, the American dream, which I don't know that you were talking about Americana so much as just dreams in general. uh, But I could be wrong. Um, I love that in The Road, the Rocks and the Weeds, like Aphrodite not weeping, Zeus not suffering.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I was going to call it Goodbye Olympus, and I actually wish I had. Uh, cuz I think that's a little bit easier to say since is, I put it out, I was like I right got tonight uh song number 4 the road the rocks and the weeds you know it doesn't even fit on the metadata you know it's a mouthful but I didn't want I, the reason I didn't call it goodbye olympus was because I didn't want people to feel like I was doing more of the same but looking back that actually would have been nice cuz it's sort of waving goodbye to that last season so there's really no mention of greek gods or goddesses or any on the new record other than that one you know, and that was, but that's how the song was written. Goodbye, Olympus was sort of the initial idea. Mm. It's sort of Jesus saying goodbye, you know, all the gods have chosen to live above the mankind, they've chosen to live, but, but our God chose to live beside us, you know, the Emmanuel, the God with us, you know, the God who bleeds, the God who hurts, the God who feels the God who is beside us, you know, and there's this whole idea of the God the Father being the God outside of us, Jesus being the God beside us, and then the Holy Spirit being the God inside of us. Mm. It's the way we also the way we relate to the world, you know. Yes. We relate to God, the Creator, the outside. He's kind of scary, but He's there. We like Him because He did. He's also He's the powerful one. Jesus is the God beside us. You know, He's the God who walked with us, who was born like us, who died. Hopefully not the way we're going to die, but died the way it's <laughs> possible that we would, you know. Um, and, uh, he, and and so he's the one beside us. He's also the one that says, as you've done at the least of these you've done unto me. You know, so then the Holy Spirit is the God inside of us. Um, you know, but but this whole idea is that Jesus is the one waving goodbye to the other gods. Mm. One of the gods decided I'm going to suffer my fate with the people. You know the on the road, in the rocks, in the weeds. I'm gonna spill myself out on all the worst places, and that's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Like, I love that parable, and uh, the idea that the you know the word Francis Capen says that the word is the heart of God. Is Jesus Himself not the Scripture? You know, but it's the Word of God Himself, and so you know, because John one in the beginning was the word, the words of God It's Jesus. So Jesus is the one, he is the seed. And I thought it was re- it's really beautiful and kind of heartbreaking that he would allow himself to be spread out. He could have just picked the good soil. That's what we do. It's like, I'm not going to pour my life into the bad soil. I'm going to pour in the good soil. If you're, if you're an investor, it's what you do. You learn where the good soil is, you invest there. But Jesus spread himself out on the good soil and the bad soil. And I thought that's more beautiful even in the fact that there is a good soil, you know, but the fact that Jesus would allow himself to be spread out everywhere. I love it.
0: Mm. Did you read
1: American Gods? I haven't. I haven't. But um, I need to, though. There's this
0: just—he he doesn't dig into it. This is not really a spoiler. He doesn't dig into it deep, but there's this throwaway comment where a bunch of the gods are discussing Jesus— and and they mm-hmm. all kind of hate him because he's so selfless, <laughs> and it's just kind yeah. of like this throwaway. It's barely barely a, a, a theme, but it makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. You, are you I love of, it.
1: Were you a fan of Project 86? I remember the name Project 86, but I don't remember the music. Or are you talking about the band? Or is it? Is I mean, the, the band. Yeah, the band. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember them, but I don't remember the music. I, I feel like I had a friend who had a Project 86 hoodie. Yeah and and, that's and, what I remember and it was, there.
0: they were you know, they were old, old originally like tooth and nail records like yeah, yeah. you know hard rock from sort of like the the late 90s but they they had this mm-hmm. album Truthless Heroes uh, which was this major yeah. concept album and and it it was it was like they'd sold out to a bigger label and then their their next album Uh, starts off with the screamed chorus. We don't need no truthless heroes. And they just, and it was called (laughs) songs to burn your bridges by. And so I always appreciated that very intentional callback (laughs) from one one album to the next. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like from, from each of your albums, I was, I was looking through and I was listening through in my mind as I was preparing for the interview, I had, I pulled up your discography and I was going through each one and I was, I wasn't listening to the music with my ears, but in my, Head, I could hear uh-huh. all the major tracks playing the themes and and was revisiting all of my deep like emotional moments with your music over the years, mm-hmm. you know from album to album to album i can I even it takes me back i mean obviously all music does this it takes you back to that that spot. I remember where I was when I was listening to that song and broke down in tears um, oh wow, you know there's this visceral grittiness i feel like Mm -hmm. from all of your music that but that always feels counterweighted by Mm -hmm. by hope by Mm -hmm. by life um and 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 obviously then that plays out in different kind of genre formats album by album i'm interested by what you said that this album is kind of more maybe on the nose positive
1: Yeah. I I wouldn't say on the nose positive as much as it is a a celebration. Okay. You know, I don't, it's not, it's not a denial kind of thing, but it also is, it's like we have these moments and um, it's almost like the, the hard, the hard things we go through in life almost demand that we enjoy the good parts of life more, Mm. you know, it's like, I'm not going to let certain aspects of life detract from the good. And we tend to do that, you know, we let the negative uh, outweigh the, the good, you know, and in my mind, it's like, really, I should celebrate these things more because life can be so hard in sort of like in such a hard existence, there are these beautiful moments and these beautiful things. And so I, I more want to focus on those things. It's not that I want to deny these other, you know, you know, Kind of things, you know, like, um, even on the last song, I talk a little bit about domestic violence, Mm. you know, every bullet, every blow, every wanton fist, you know, uh, but it's still, a that's probably the only song that gets quite that heavy, Mm. but you know, the idea is that it all kind of falls on the shoulders of the one who has decided to take it on. Mm. And that's sort of celebration um of you know of god of jesus the one who took it on you know um or who takes it on and and sort of celebrating our place is the gratefulness for like you know like i guess like i could be very grateful we could be very ungrateful that our lives are so short you know and that we have to live you know but it would also be difficult to live with all that responsibility if you had to Feel, I guess, here's the question is is would you be willing to have all the power of God? Would you be willing to feel all the pain?
0: Oof.
1: And I think Moth Wilson said, No, no thanks. So it's really more of a celebration of God that he is willing to yes. hold those two things, you know.
0: I feel like he invites us, though, to do that, right? Like, certainly, I think at so. least for, for Jonathan Puddle, I feel like he's always saying to yeah. me, uh if if you would if you would allow yourself to feel the pain of someone else yeah. you'll also see the beauty in someone else so you, you can true. do it if you want
1: i think that is the arc of hu- the human life is it's sort of like we experience more joy as we allow ourselves to experience more pain mm, yes you know yes. and i think when we're younger you get you know like you don't think about the day you get married you don't think about that one of you one day is going to die before the other you know, you really don't think about it, but it's it's sort of entering into a loving relationship is signing a contract that you are willing to experience the pain that will ultimately result from loving another person. So all real love is an invitation or a willingness to um, experience the pain Um Hmm. you know, and we don't like to think about that, but that's, that's what it is. But then, And so that's the arc of the human life. And it's, it is beautiful. Sort of like I'm willing. All right. I'm willing to take both on. I'm willing to take on the responsibility of the pain that will ultimately result from this because the journey is going to be worth it. You know, oh um, <laughs> I don't know. I always think of Mitch Hedberg when, uh, when I think about that idea, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't uh, know. Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> He's like, so, he's like I saw a man eating grapes. I said, No, you have to wait. And then he says then he says, someone, someone saw him drinking a whole bottle of wine and they said, That's gonna be terrible. He says, Yes, but it's awesome right now. <laughs> <laughs> he says, But the beginning and the middle part are great. <laughs> that's life. But it's kinda like that's kinda like life. Yes. It's gonna be really, it's gonna get really hard, but the beginning and the middle part are great. And I mean, good gosh, like, I feel like no one wants to hear us talk about this or talk like this, but it's sort of second half of life conversations, you know, and the, the beauty is that we get to walk through it, you know? And so I guess, it, I guess, back to your original question though, it's not on the nose positive as much as it's like, I wanna elevate the part of it that makes the hard part worth it is what I'm saying.
0: That's good. good. I mean, that's, and yeah, and that's, and that's, I guess the heart of a father, right? Like my, my eldest, my eldest, uh, as we're recording, will be turning 11 this Friday and I'm kind of like, all right, mine too.
1: Mine's 11.
0: Awesome. I'm like, how the heck did I end up with an 11 year old child? But I remember, you know, interstellar, you know, that Christopher Nolan Mm -hmm. movie, you know, yeah, and, and, uh, You know, McConaughey's character is talking to the kids and he's like, you know, your mom's used to say uh, that we're just like the ghosts of our of our children's future. That Mm -hmm. it's like we're just here to create a frame for your story to live within. Like we're we're no longer the bright center of the universe as soon as we have. children." (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's like, man.
0: I feel like I've been chewing over that for 11 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know that's I love that movie that movie hits me really hard I think the because I travel for a living mm. that scene when he's going away in the don't car let oh, leave. Geez, don't the, let
0: me leave when he's or he's yeah in, in space screaming at, at her like
1: yeah. well when he's in the driving off in the truck yeah you know and yeah, yeah. uh yeah I know that was tough <laughs> it's a great okay, movie. So, I love that movie. So
0: so you are going on tour speaking of leaving you're going on tour. Yes. I feel like I, I, I feel like I have to claim something that you will have no idea about but sure. I was listening to Josh Garrels like a long time ago like Jack Aranda era and I was like mm-hmm. this guy's incredible. John Mark McMillan and Josh Garrels need to go on tour someday and <laughs> that would be the best thing ever. And then mm. you did, and I was like, "Oh, it's like those moments when you feel like you're the, are you the only kid in the world uh, on this shopping cart right now?" Clearly, mm-hmm. we were quantumly entangled at some level, uh, John Mark, <laughs> and that thought dropped in your head also. Yeah, uh, but you guys never came to Toronto because you hate ah. Canada, so that sucks. No, it's not.
1: <laughs> it's not that we hate Canada at all. We actually love Canada, and I really need to do a Canadian tour. Um, it's just. It, Every international stuff is challenging, yeah, you know, sure. and um, even just taxes and figuring out how to cross the border with merch. And it's not that we refuse to do it at all. It's just very inconvenient. Totally. And it's inconvenient enough that it just hasn't quite happened. So we need to make it happen. But you got a sure. new tour it coming also, up. It's, it's. I know. I feel like I feel like there's. We, you can't just tour Canada any time of year. You know, either. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I do so it's not. It's fairly limited <laughs> when you can actually drive a here. tour bus across. Canada. <laughs> yeah, but no, we do. We do need to come to Canada. It's been a while. I mean, I've played in Toronto. I've played in Vancouver, but it's been years, unfortunately. You know, so I feel bad about that. We have a lot of Canadian fans.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so on this next tour, you've got now. I I'm from New Zealand, and I don't even know my Kiwi friends pronounce his artist name Strawn.
1: Str- strong that's what we say Kay. strong okay cool well he's yep. awesome
0: i'm super pumped that th- that's that that that's happening
1: yeah he's such a good dude yeah so that's really exciting he's a really good dude i've been friends with him for a little while i met him probably about a year ago and then we did a festival in new zealand we got to hang out we became friends and i just love him and i love his music and um so that's gonna be a lot of fun the gray havens are great too i don't know them as well i haven't met them but they have cool music and it's going to be really, really exciting to have them as well. Strong though, he and I are buddies, so I'm I'm awesome. pumped about that for multiple reasons. We're going to have so much fun. Try and stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be good. Actually, you did a you did a
0: you did like a B side, I think, on Silver Shores, like sitting beside a river in New Zealand or something like that.
1: I uh, did. Yep. I love
0: that. I mean, I was born and raised in New Zealand, and. Silver yeah. Shores just, like, kills me every time. And when oh, all of all of that conf- confluence came together in one, I was just like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that the Holy Spirit allowed this to happen just for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love New Zealand. New Zealand and Japan are my two favorite countries.
0: Mm, and you were just in Japan.
1: I was, yeah. They're also so, both the furthest away from me that you could possibly get, <laughs> so.
0: So Peopled with Dreams comes out, uh, April 14th. Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's yes. Day. Uh, February 14th. Sorry. Yes, that's the word. February 14th. Yes. So yes. excited. I'm pumped. These singles are awesome. Anything that you'd anything else you'd want to leave us with?
1: Uh wow. Nope. Just that I can't wait. Tour starts in April. We and I know I've seen people are mad that we've only had 15 dates, but we are currently working on adding more dates. So, you know, we'll don't get don't get sad yet. <laughs> we need awesome. to work something out for Canada. We really do. Yeah, you know. I think I mean, about it every now and then. Every now and hmm? again. Yeah.
0: Come on up. You can stay at yeah. my house. Um, no. Actually, you know what? Uh, I, I like to... This is my only claim to fame about my house. But... Uh, Tim Kingsbury, the guitarist from Arcade Fire, grew up in this house. My house. Really? I bought it off his wow. parents. It's his childhood That's home. Amazing. It's ah. possible. It's possible that this was his bedroom. I don't know that. One day I'll wow. I'll be like, Tim, which room did you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, uh, Are they still around? Like, yeah, man. Where do they live? I feel like they at least. Some of them moved to uh, New Orleans, which is funny because it's so hot in New Orleans.
0: Well, there's a Canadian there's like a Canadian music drain, like a brain drain to to our wonderful neighbor to the south. Uh, Hey, John Mark, thank you so much. This was a real pleasure.
1: Yes, thank you. It was wonderful.
0: There you have it, my friends. That was like honestly a bucket list item for me. Uh, i'll tell you how it happened because it just goes to demonstrate what an awesome guy john mark is he in the build-up to this album posted on instagram a little while back what are your dreams and he asked everybody to let them know what their dreams were maybe by speaking them out we could help each other get a little bit closer to reality and so kind of tongue-in-cheek i commented my dream would be to interview you on my podcast and he replied and said let's do it so how about that what a genuinely wonderful man uh, and how about that as an encouragement for you? Go and live your dreams. Live your life. Live a full, abundant life. God uh, offers it to you. You're allowed to enjoy it. So uh, check the show notes for links to John Mark McMillan's website and all that kind of stuff. But make sure you jump on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your music and support that brand new album, Peopled with Dreams by John Mark McMillan. Thank you all. I'll be jumping back on the road tomorrow, but I have an amazing interview that'll be up next week uh, all about disabilities. And uh, you are... It is powerful. Oh, powerful. Real tears were shed. Real tears were shed. So we'll see you next week, my friends.